It's the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 63. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We have two special guests on this week's Go Gopher podcast, talking Golden Gopher basketball, a couple of heavy hitters. First, we have Golden Gopher Athletic Director Mark Coyle, who might be the busiest man in Minnesota right now. In addition to just hiring a brand new women's basketball coach, Coyle's also serving his second year on the NCAA Men's Basketball Committee, meaning he's knee-deep in hoops. We'll get the inside story of the hiring of Don Plitzelwhite as the new leader of Gopher Women's Hoops. And we'll go inside the Selection Sunday process as part of Mark's duties, and we'll talk about the Division I men's coach who took his shirt off after making the Sweet 16. In our second segment of Episode 63, we'll get the insider thoughts of Justin Gard. He's the voice of Gopher Women's Basketball on the radio, and he was the first person to interview the new head coach, and J.G. will offer thoughts and analysis. This is Episode 63. We've got some great intel in this one. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, you'll want to start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We thank them for their support of Gopher Athletics and the Go Gopher Podcast. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us here on the Go Gopher Podcast. Affinity Plus has been a longtime Golden Gopher supporter and also a major backer of Special Olympics Minnesota, and the polar plunges are continuing. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Our podcast is also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 63 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. One other quick note, if you're a restaurant or business who would like to have our podcast broadcast from your venue and are interested in partnering with us, please contact the great folks at Talk North. We'd love to be on location on a regular basis. You can go to talknorth.com and contact Karen Cleary. That's Karen Cleary at talknorth.com. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast if you haven't already. You can go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast. Last week, for example, we talked with Gopher star goaltender Skylar Vetter from the women's hockey team as they advanced to the Frozen Four on the women's side. Some great hockey talk in that one. You'll love it. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. This week, it's episode 63 of the Go Gopher podcast, and we're talking Golden Gopher basketball and more. Batting leadoff is the head of the department, Athletic Director Mark Coyle. I think this is your third or fourth time on our podcast. I think you were the second ever guest. And ben you, Johnson was first, and you were the next week. And you haven't brought me back until the 63rd one, so that probably tells you how well my first appearance was. No, you were two, and then you, you had a few more in between there. I know you were on a year ago, because I remember when the lights went out in Portland, remember? Yes, I do. You were in a, yes. in a, in a meeting room, and they had the automatic yes. sensor lights, yep, and in the middle there. of our Zoom interview, the lights went out. Yep. You had to wave your hands to I do remember get that, the lights. Yep. That was the NCAA tournament. So it's so if that's the last time, it's been about a year, but I think you've been on between then and now. But um, you've been a busy man, huh? 
Uh, yeah, the, as, as you know, it, it seems like uh, things never slow down in college athletics, and we haven't even started to talk about NIL, the transfer <laughs> portal, and everything else going on. But but obviously, with uh, hiring of our new women's basketball coach that we that we announced yesterday, and then uh, I'm on year two on the men's basketball committee, so having a chance to do that, I was in Des Moines all last week. I was in Indianapolis the week before, and head to Kansas City uh, this week. We'll be there for the Midwest Regional, and then the Final Four next week. So there's a lot of moving parts, and and obviously our women's hockey team, Frozen Four men's hockey team, going up to North. Dakota still tracking those teams very yeah. closely and uh, really exciting time, no doubt. Yeah, and and so for this for our purposes today, because I know as you mentioned, there's so many topics to cover. You're busy. You're leaving for Kansas City tomorrow. I want to keep it to just may, mainly basketball. At some point, maybe as we get it toward the off season, let's do NIL. Big Ten TV contract, uh, you yep. know, uh, transfer portal, all those cool things. Uh, and hopefully we're talking about national titles for men's hockey and some other stuff, too. But uh, for, for uh, because we're limited, you, uh, you're, you're a busy man. So, one, we appreciate you spending time with us here. Um, and, and we want to talk about basketball. Specific yesterday, as we talk, it's Tuesday. So yesterday was Monday. Uh, Don Plitzewhite is the new head women's basketball coach here at the University of Minnesota. Um, take me through the process, um, how she wrote to the top in the uh, the candidacy and um, man I thought she was awesome yesterday what, uh, what, what what's your impression yeah well, well we feel obviously very blessed to have her at Minnesota and, and her husband Jay and, and I had a chance to meet her daughter Lexi and, and can't wait to meet AJ her son who plays over at South Dakota but we, we uh, with the time of our announcement uh, when we made our announcement um, as you know I like to kind of go quickly and, and I like to uh, go quietly and, and I have great empathy for our student athletes and so uh, when, when uh, we met with the team on that third Thursday, you know, I told him it's going to feel like an eternity until we find a new coach, but I promise we're going to be as efficient as go as quickly as we can. And so the timing, we had a chance um, to talk to head coaches. So the, the Big 12 women's basketball tournament didn't start till the following week. So I had a chance to uh, to visit with her just to see if there was an interest. And, and I tell all of our coaches when we interview coaches, we want to be very respectful of what you're going through. If you're interested, we're not going to bother you until you're done. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she she uh, played in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, I think they played on a Thursday or a Friday, maybe a Friday, Mike, uh, because I was in Indianapolis yeah. and uh, I, I made a comment. I was, I'm in the selection committee room, but I'm watching her game <laughs> against Oklahoma State I just wanted to see how she was on the sidelines. And I was watching some other candidates of people who we were talking to as well. And then uh, I, I had a chance to meet with four or five coaches. Uh, we then had our search committee do Zoom interviews with everybody uh, through that process. And then when uh, when Dawn in West Virginia made the NCAA tournament, again, we were not going to bother anybody till their seasons were done. We made that very clear. And, and when they um, uh, lost to Arizona on Friday, uh, I had a chance to visit with her that night. I was actually in Des Moines. It was an off day for us because we played on Thursday, Saturday in Des Moines. So I had a chance to visit with her, uh, and then we got her up here and then obviously made the announcement. And, and again, we're just really, really excited. And, and Mike, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about our student-athletes on that team. I mean, it's a younger team. As you know, we have a core group with those freshmen, Sophie Hart, uh, Maggie, in uh, that group, and how they handled everything was phenomenal. And I know they're very, very excited. They're very grateful for Lindsay. We're all grateful for everything Lindsay did for our program. we got a great group here, and now we've got Dawn in place. And I think we're going to have some really exciting times with our women's basketball program. Yeah, and, and of course, that freshman core has decided to stay together as well as you mentioned and yesterday uh, a few of them talked and and I, I was struck by um, what um, 
uh, Mara Braun said in the sense that it was it was an uneasy time, I think was the word she used, and it would be, as you mentioned, you, you were certainly uh, cognizant of that fact. But she also seemed appreciative. She's like that she called you by name a couple of times. She said, Mark kept us abreast. Uh, we, we set up a Zoom call a couple of times. And um, and I think that was important to them, it seemed like, and, and certainly with Mara and what she commented on. Yeah, you know, you know, Mike, it, it, it's a shock to the system. And, and I, I can tell you, and, and if I told you the story before, I apologize, but I remember when I got my first AD job at Boise State, we had a transition with our women's soccer team. And I remember walking in the room and meeting with that soccer team yeah. and the look on their face when I said, hey, we're going to go in a new direction and find a new coach. And and it really struck me. And, and I said, hey, I'm going to go as quickly as I can. It's going to feel like it's forever, but I'll go as quickly as I can because it impacts them. Every, I mean, they were recruited to that school. They played for that coach. And all of a sudden, you got this dude walking in saying, hey, we're going to do something different now. And, and so what we try to do when we met with the team, um, they were surprised and shocked. Um, and then we had a meeting with, uh, with the team and, and a lot of their family and parents had an opportunity to come in and just ask questions. And, and we said, hey, our goal is to be transparent, to talk with you. We made it very clear. I can't tell you who we're talking to because we're talking to a lot of head coaches and out of respect for their programs. Uh, I don't want anything to leak that, you know, hey, they're talking to Mike with XYZ. Sure. If that leaks, that creates issues for everybody. So that they were great. And, and we actually did a Zoom call. And, and Mike, I apologize. My days may be off a day or two, but I did a Zoom call when I was in Des Moines with them and just said, hey, we're getting closer. We've narrowed it down to a couple of people that we're zeroing in on. I can't give you names because, again, they're playing in March Madness, and I want to be respectful of that. And they were great. They understood that. And then uh, as things started to kind of leak out Friday, and if one day you'll teach me how leaks happen, but <laughs> once we announced it on Saturday, um, you know, they were relieved. And, and again, Mara and Mallory, that whole group, they, uh, Maya, Nia, uh, Sophie, they were all great throughout mm-hmm. the entire process. Maggie, I'm going to forget some, but they were all right. handled it great and just really grateful for their leadership. And, and that's why I thanked them yesterday at the press conference because they, they led us through this process and they've been great. And, and I know Dawn's super excited to work with them. I know they're super excited. So again, I think we've got some exciting times in front of us. Yeah. And, and as fast as you want to go, the calendar kind of dictates some of it, as you mentioned, the March Madness part of it. You, if, if you're hiring the right coach, you're hoping that that coach is in the tournament. So you kind of have to wait through some of that stuff. Maybe if it's an assistant at a high-end program, you could make an announcement and, and do that. But if if you're hiring a coach that you want, it's likely that that person, him or her, is going to be coaching in March Madness, right? Yeah, that, that that's the goal. And, and again, you, you know, from the day I was hired, we always talked about, you know, we, we want to see Minnesota as a destination, not a transitional program. And, and I think if you look at the coaches we brought in here, uh, for the most part, they see this as a destination job, right? And, and Dawn sees it as a destination job. And, and, and again, with timing. And again, they were so patient. And I just tried to explain to them because, you know, they said, well, why, why the timing now with the announcement with Lindsay? And, and I said, well, this gives us three or four days to talk to them before they get stressed out about conference tournament sure. in the NCA. And so we have their attention. And, and again, those are five, 10 minute conversations. Are you interested? What questions do you have? I'm in, talk to me. And I think all those coaches appreciate that. Hey, we won't bother you till you're done doing what you need to do on your end. And once you're done, we're going to go super quick. And, and Dawn jokes, she's like, you're not kidding. I mean, I, I talked to her Friday afternoon when she got back to Morgantown. And I said, we go quick because again, I, I have great empathy for our student athletes who two weeks for them, which again, feels like an eternity. So we try to move quickly, but again, we are at the mercy of the calendars of the, of the March Madness and the tournament. So uh, it worked out well for us in getting Dawn here. Now, uh, from the process part, are there, do they all have agents too? Do you work with them? 
them, or is it mostly through coaches, or how does that work, or does it depend on the coach and the sport? Yeah, no, a lot of it depends on the coach and the sport. So, uh, you, you know, um, uh, we, we worked with um, uh, several different agents with our women's basketball search that, that we worked with, and Dawn's got an agent, Brian, who, who was great to work with and great to have conversations with. Uh, but but some coaches, you know, have agents, some don't. And, and I try to, um, when I was at Kentucky and we worked with Coach Kyle Perry, he taught me a great lesson about, hey, make sure you always have a relationship with the coach because at the end of the day, that's who you work mm-hmm. with. And, and so I've always tried really hard, whether it's PJ, Ben, Lindsey, Bob, uh, Brad, you know, I, I want to work directly with the coach. And so we had those conversations with Dawn uh, when the season got done. We keep the agent updated, of course. And of course, you know, when we send a term sheet over, that's going to the agent. But I want to make sure Dawn hears from us first what we're looking at to make sure she understands why we're putting things on paper the way we're trying to do it. But it just varies from coach yeah. to coach on that stuff. But again, yeah. we always try to deal directly with the coach. What were things uh, with Dawn that stuck out to you that that uh, that you liked and that ultimately that was the one you were going to move quickly with? Yeah, well, well, a couple things. You know, first off, uh, you know, if you look at her background, you know, uh, phenomenal player at Grand Valley State, and then she became a coach, and she won a national championship. Then she went to Michigan and worked under that coach. You know, as like associate head coach yeah. and got great experience there. I think she had a brief stop at Wisconsin at Madison. And then, you know, you saw what she did at Northern Kentucky, and I'm familiar with Northern Kentucky from my time at the University of Kentucky. And then uh, South Dakota, when they made that Sweet 16 run, um, as you know, I try to keep lists updated. So that's something that was on our list. And, and obviously, when she went to West Virginia, you know, the timing was clunky. And, and, and I talked about it yesterday at the press conference, you know, my very first conversation I had with her was like, hey, we would love to talk to you, but I need to know where you're at. You know, mm-hmm. I know you just got to West Virginia and and I know people say, hey, they're full of crap. They don't mean it. But like when I was fully invested in Syracuse, I love Syracuse. Uh, I think you saw me with some of the Syracuse people when we played in the bowl game. Those are dear friends. Um, I had no idea I'd be going to Minnesota a year later. You just don't know, t- like timing you can't control. And so I talked to Don about, hey, like, timing. I did it at Syracuse. It's a hard decision to make, but you work your way through it and and those type of things. And I think she appreciated that conversation. So obviously with her at West Virginia this year, but getting them to the NCAA tournament, I think when she got there, she only had six players on the team or maybe seven. So she built that team up, gets them to the NCAA tournament. So we just felt like she checked all the boxes. And then at the end of the day, it always comes down to recruiting. Uh, and She's able to recruit from Wisconsin, Big Ten footprint, South Dakota. She knows how to recruit the Midwest. And I think if you see some of the feedback we've gotten from AAU coaches, high school coaches, they're really excited because they know who she is. They trust her. They know she can develop players. So, again, we felt like it was a really good fit for both sides. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that the the thing because, you know, Whoever the media, they'll put out lists like here's some candidates, and they try to figure out well who's got ties where. And and she was on a lot of lists, but a lot of those lists said, but it's doubtful she'll leave after a year. And then when you mentioned that yesterday about your experience, sometimes a job just pops, and it's like, you know, you're gonna just have to like it's a once in a lifetime situation. And I would guess that for her and for you, the Big Ten, uh, Minnesota, you're both Midwesterners. You're from Iowa. She's from Wisconsin. There are some similarities there, and it isn't like you're looking to get out. Like if if she could have stayed for 15 years at West Virginia, if the right job didn't pop, and it popped when it popped, and you gotta. Yeah, it might be your only chance, and, right? And, yeah, and again, you know, you and I grew up very close to each other in Iowa, yeah. and we, uh, you know, we grew up in that Big Ten football, uh, you know, football footprint, not football, but footprint, yeah. and and. What I tell people is, you know, like when when Minnesota opened up, when Minnesota first reached out to me, I'm like, well, who do you want me to recommend? 
And like, no, they want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, I can't. You know, I, I'm happy at Syracuse. We love. We just right. went to the Final Four with women's basketball, with men's basketball. Uh, our programs won two nationals. I mean, we had a lot of success going on there, and, and we were happy there. But, but again, that timing and for me it was an opportunity to get closer to my mom, closer to home, those type of things. And you know, I think Dawn, she talked about getting closer to her parents, closer to her family, those type of things. And you know, as we taught, you can't control timing. And, and again, I, uh, I'm so grateful for the people at Syracuse and and how they treated me and my family. And it was great to spend time with them. In New York when we were back there for the Pinstripe Bowl. And and I know Dawn's very grateful, you know, for uh, President Gee, for Renner Athletic Director. When I reached out to Ren and told him we'd like to talk to her, he was great. He understood. And so, again, I think, uh, again, we're just excited that the timing worked out, that she was able to make that move and get back here. I think enough time has passed that I can make this joke. Are you sending the Gopher-branded uh, football moving <laughs> van out there to pick no, up your stuff? I actually need to, I need to talk to her about that. As, as you know, that was... Uh, we had no idea that was yeah. going to Syracuse, uh, and it did. And I, I tell people that's the only time I've been in Sports Illustrated. Uh, but, yeah, we, we probably need to make sure we're very strategic in that, that move and that next process. I'll never so. forget it. You were uh, you and I were on the coach's road van or the yeah. caravan, right? Because that was like your second day on the job. Yes. We all jump in the on the bus. We're in yep. Hutchinson. Yep. And you had a couple things on the plate at that point, if memory serves. And then we all did. of a sudden you find out. And I'm sure it was all with good intentions. You know, the, the school sends out a yeah. semi to – pack up the coil house in Syracuse and bring everything here. And they thought, oh, it'd be great. Let's just send out the football equipment truck. Yeah, well, you, you remember Goldie on the yeah, side. Yeah, you remember Rhonda McFarland, our, our, yeah. uh, our former CFO who, who's out in Boise now. But I remember Rhonda sent me a text and she said, hey, I think I just saw the Minnesota football truck in Syracuse because she was still there. Yeah. And she was moving about a month later. And and then I get the panic phone call from my wife saying uh, they sent a moving truck. And we were excited because when we left Boise to go to Syracuse, the moving truck was like two days late. So I'm like, well, that's awesome. That's yep, great. And she's it like, it's the Minnesota. And I'm like, oh, boy. And so we so worked. TV stations showed up, right? Uh, we had multiple TV stations outside our house. And uh, it was uh, it was quite the moment. Yeah. But uh, but it, it'll be a, a great story for my book one day. That, that, that's, a, that's a wonderful story. And we're not going to send that truck out to, uh, to Dawn to, to move her stuff from West Virginia. No, yeah. we will not do that. No. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you mentioned her years at South Dakota. She did recruit some Minnesota players on that really successful team. In fact, I think the best player on that team was from Minnesota. Yep. Uh, how did that play a role in, in your decision to to make uh, her the head coach as well? Again, a big, big part of it. You know, the lifeline. And, and I can tell you, you know, as we are going through the process, Mike, you know, I, I, I get uh, I get emails from different fans, different coaches and people, and her name came up all the time. I mean, everyone just talked about her relationship in the Midwest, uh, in the Dakotas and Iowa and Minnesota and Wisconsin and those type of things. And as you know, you've got to lock down, you know, I think there's research, you know, most kids go to school about four or five hours from their home. Yeah. That, that's where they end up going, right? And we have enough talent in that footprint where we can get good kids to come to Minnesota and compete at a high level. And and so, again, we felt that that recruiting, again, what she did at South Dakota were huge advantages. And, and I got a great text message from the AD at South Dakota who said, you're going to love her. Like, just a great hire. Congratulations, those type of things. So, again, we're really excited and fortunate to get her here. You mentioned you watched uh, the game, uh, the Big 12, and then the NCAA tournament game. Uh, I even yet, and I have not watched uh, any, I guess I haven't, I, I'm a, as you know, I'm a women's basketball fan. Yeah. But I guess I haven't watched many of her teams play. But just based on the news conference yesterday and and kind of she, she seems to have a feisty nature about her. Would you say that's right? Uh, think lockdown defense. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> she uh, she uh, 
uh, it was great to see her interact with the players. And, and I remember, you know, we were talking about Mara and, and, and the, the core group. Uh, you know, I talked about the importance of finding somebody who will who will want to celebrate the student-athlete experience. That's a big deal to us, right? And I always say academically, athletically, socially, how are we going to get somebody in? And watching Dawn interact with their players on the sidelines, they were tough. The team was tough. You know, the 50-50 balls, West Virginia got them every time. Yeah. Uh, you had to earn everything you got on the defensive end. Offensively, they were very mature. They ran really good sets, those type of things. And so, again, I just felt like, you know, what almost 28 years experience as a former player, what she's done coaching, uh, the experience in the Big Ten. She understands what it takes to win in this league. And, and again, we're just really excited she's here. And and just from uh, they had their first practice this morning already, right? Did, I mean, they get limited number of offseason. I don't think they can go every day with a head coach. But today they were yeah, they, they, already going. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure when they went. So if they yeah. went this morning, you'd, you'd know better than me. But, yeah, but they, they – can have their first practice today, which they were going to have today. And I was actually, when I get done with this, I was going to go up and check in on her, just to make sure she's doing okay. But uh, yeah, no, she was excited to get to work. And I know the uh, student athletes were excited to get to work. And again, it's just an exciting time for our program. All right. So um, I'm guessing your wife hasn't seen much of you in the last four weeks or so. Uh, it's been a little bonkers. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> starting with uh, uh, with uh, the middle of March when the, the men's basketball committee unveils the top 16. Uh, I go to Indianapolis for uh, three or four days. I'm there, and then I'm back home. But as you know, I travel with our teams here to spend time with them and, and try to do those things. And then uh, I go to Indianapolis for uh, for a week for selection week, uh, and then I was home for a day and a half. Then I was in Des Moines uh, for a week. Uh, got back. I actually got back about 3 in the morning. I drove back because I want to spend time with Dawn on Sunday. So I got back uh, early Sunday morning, uh, spent time with Dawn and, and Jay and Lexi and then, and then caught up on some work things here. And then I'm in town. Uh, today's Tuesday. I leave tomorrow for Des Moines or for Kansas City. We'll be in Kansas City till next Monday, home for a day and then to Houston for a week. And then uh, hopefully there's a frozen <laughs> four trip for our yeah. men's hockey team. So I'll be going to Tampa for that side. Wow. So, yeah, so it's, it's just a crazy. All while hiring a women's basketball coach. Yeah. Well, again, I gave shout out to Julie, <laughs> uh, Julie Manning, our deputy athletic director in our search committee, Hugh McCutcheon. We've got Hugh working for yeah. us. He did a great job in the, in the process, but we, we've got a great search committee that helped, uh, you know, we put together that short list and, and obviously they, the search committee had a chance to meet with those people. So uh, as you know, it, it, it's uh, a lot of people who helped make all this happen, but it's been a busy, busy, <laughs> run for us. No well, what was the, and I know you, you maybe you're not at liberty to say everything, but what was the process like this year in terms of coming up with the field of 68, uh, where to place them, how to seat them, all that stuff. I know it's a multi-week. Well, it's really a year-long thing, but it really gets serious at last handful of weeks. How was it compared maybe to last year, your first experience in doing it? Yeah, well, well, going on year, year two, you feel like you can breathe a little bit more. And mm -hmm. what, what I mean by that, Mike, is, you know, you, you, um, you watch college basketball all year, and what the NCAA, Dan Gavitt, Joanne Scott, David Warlock, LJ, I'm going to miss people, but they are so buttoned up. I wish people could see how buttoned up the NCAA is and how well they structure this and they do this this process, and they give us so much information, but they really encourage you to have like a, a home team, if you will, and what I mean by that is um, I have uh, Mike Wearsbicki, Ryan Livingston, uh, Jenny Yalen, and Paul Rovnak is like my home team, and so uh, we're assigned conferences. They help watch those conferences with me, and then we get together every week we do what we call a Minnesota top 30 where we rank our top 30. Uh, we then put in the next 25 teams based on some metrics of what we think they're going to do in postseason play and how they're doing throughout the year. And so that that home team or that core team, if yeah. you will, prepares me. So when I get to Indianapolis and when we're all together and we start to select the field, um, as you know, there's 36 at-large spots, there's 32 AQs, and it's our job as a committee to find the best 36 teams to put them in those at-large spots. And so there's a lot of conversations with Ryan, with Paul, 
uh, with Mike and Jenny going back and forth on like, hey, um, you know, we had this team as 19, but some of my committee members have them as 23, or some of them have them at 15, where we miss, you know, so you have those type of conversations. So it's a lot of back and forth. But uh, this year, I felt like I could breathe a little bit more because I felt like I'd gone through it once. Uh, but but again, um, Chris Reynolds, who's the athletic director at Bradley, is the chair of the committee. Uh, Charles McClellan, who's the commissioner of the, of the SWAC, he's the vice chair. They're awesome to work with. They kind of help guide you through the process. So, again, it's it's a lot of people all hands on deck. But I, this year was more difficult because I think there's a lot more parity in college mm-hmm. basketball where, you know, I feel like anybody, we can all name the top 20 teams in the country, and you can kind of get a good feel of that. But then when you're looking at 20 through 40 in that range, there's a lot of parity and how do you compare teams and what makes Missouri different than Penn State? You know, what makes Penn State different than Rutgers? Yeah. Penn State gets in, Rutgers doesn't get in. Why didn't Rutgers get in? Why did Penn State get in? Why did Texas A&M get a seven seed when they had two quad four? You know, so you, you've got to kind of work your way through some yeah. of those things. And so I, I tell people I know way too much about basketball now. Um, I still can't call a play, but I've learned a lot about different teams and different programs. And uh, so it's been a great experience in, in learning a lot, which I really enjoy. And so each committee member then is assigned um, in the first round and first and second round sites a site. So you got to go back to Drake, yeah, uh, Des Moines, where yep. you're, you were a wide receiver at Drake as a college athlete. And um, you did not do the Drake Diner, though, the legendary I, I know. You didn't I, get a chance, huh? Well, my I was such a good student athlete at Drake, nobody remembers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but but I, it was cool to be back down in Des Moines. And, you know, I've actually only been back to campus once in 30 years. Wow. When we played down there in the, in the NCAA basketball tournament a few years ago, I had a chance to go back on campus. We practiced in their practice yeah. facility. And uh, so I had a chance to be on campus, but uh, was down there. It was neat to interact with some Drake athletic staff who hosted the event. And Drake did a wonderful job. And as an alum, I took great pride watching how hard they were working. And, and uh, the idea of Drake, Brian, um, uh, Brian was actually traveling because their men's basketball team was in Albany in the NCAA right. tournament, yeah. and their women's basketball team was in Austin on Saturday. So I was telling him that he's doing a lot better job than I am because both his teams are in the NCAA tournament. I got to get the <laughs> Gophers there. But uh, it was nice to spend some time with him. I had a chance to go to dinner with him one night while I was down there before he went to watch the, both his teams compete. But they did a great job, and it was nice to be in Des Moines and back home. And you got courtside seats. You always show up on TV. Um, so you got the firsthand view and predicted – Eric Musselman would go shirtless, right? That's a pretty good story. <laughs> you, you know, I, I have uh, I, I have not met him before, and, and I had a chance to meet him uh, and spend some time with him and really enjoyed my conversations with him. And he's very, very strategic. And what I mean by that is when he came to the public practice, as you know, the first day, the practice is open yeah. to everybody, and there's eight teams there. There's eight public practices. I think each team goes for 40 or 45 minutes. And he came out on the court dressed in Iowa Cub gear, head to toe. Uh, nice. And I thought, what a great move, right? Like, you know, I and he, yes, you know, the Iowa Cubs, the Cubs AAA team, it plays right next to the Wells Fargo Arena. And then when he came to the close practice, uh, after they won on, and I forget who, the, they beat Illinois, I think, in the yeah. first round. When they yeah. went to the close practice, the next day he's dressed in Iowa Barnstormer gear. Because the, the Iowa, arena yeah, team, yeah. The arena team. Yeah. And he's Kurt wearing, Warner fame. Yep, yeah. And he's got an Iowa Barnstormer. And I'm like, Coach, that's really smart. But I really enjoyed spending time with him. And he was talking about his time at Minnesota with his family and yeah. all that type of stuff. And uh, when uh, when they won, I was sitting next to a couple NCA uh, coworkers who I, who I work with during the tournament. And when he ran over, I'm like, the shirt's coming off. And three seconds later, the shirt's off. And he's excited. <laughs> but it, it was a great win for them. And, and uh, I've gotten to know the Kansas staff really well because I was with them last year for their Final Four run and National Championship 
championship run. And, and uh, you know, a lot of respect for Kansas and felt terrible for them because that's just, right. at that moment, it's, it's just, and again, you have one team that shirt's coming off, they're celebrating, and the other team, you see the pain and the hurt of all the hard work and everything they've gone through. But it's a really neat experience to be a part of that and be that close to the teams and interact with them. Well, very good. We will let you go. You're on your way to Kansas City tomorrow. Uh, we'll look for you on TV, as we always do. It should be a good couple of games. I know you're busy, so we appreciate the time here on the Go Gopher Podcast. All right, we appreciate you, and here we go with spring football and the spring sports going. we got a lot of stuff going on. Here we go. He is Mark Coyle. It's episode number 63. My thanks again to Athletic Director Mark Coyle for spending time with us during a very, very busy week for him. When we come back, we'll chat with the voice of Gopher women's basketball, Justin Gard. We'll get his thoughts on the new direction of the Gopher program. This is the Go Gopher Podcast, Episode 63. JG joins us next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Episode number 63 rolls on. We continue talking Golden Gopher basketball. And with the voice of Golden Gopher women's basketball, Justin Gard, now on the podcast, he makes a return trip. It's been a while, not since the summer you've been on. You're <laughs> trying to make you earn your keep on this thing. And uh, good to see you. Yeah, man. It was the food episode, I think, was the last that time was. I was on. We, yeah. we, we took a tour of the Big Ten. And yeah. God, that was a good episode. What a great episode. Multiple episodes. Yeah. yeah that was like four hours of our day that, that was, day. That, that melted yeah. two weeks out of that. <laughs> You're welcome. You went on summer vacation after yeah. that. Yeah. So if if people are wondering, they can go back. It had to be about episode 25-ish, 26-ish, somewhere in there. If they're traveling the Big Ten and want food recommendations, we have back-to-back episodes of uh, Big Ten food places, because we've been around the block a time or two yes. in the league. Um, speaking of that, you uh, had uh, news this week in terms of the Gopher Women's Basketball Program, the program that you call the games for, brand-new head coach Don Plitzelwhite, who is from Wisconsin, was a player at Michigan Tech, and then an assistant coach all the way up through, and then head coach at Northern Kentucky, South Dakota, one year at West Virginia. And you were the first guy that got to uh, interview her in, ex- in an exclusive interview, even before anyone else got to meet her. Yeah, what a thrill for her. What were your impressions of the new head coach? Well, I'll even go back to when we kind of you know started hearing rumblings about who Mark Coyle might be targeting, and that's always a, a clandestine mission, right? Yeah. I mean, the one thing about Mark is – there's not a lot of leaks, right? Which is great. I yeah. think I think that's good for everybody. It's good for, you know, the coaches that might be at another job that don't want to explain to a fan base why their name got out there. Like he works in the dark, right? And earlier in the podcast, I asked Mark that, and his answer was, "I need to ask you how leaks happen," because he still wasn't real thrilled that it started to leak out a sure. little bit. You know, because Friday night it yeah. it did, um, and who knows exactly what was going on there that she was one of the targets, but. 
Um, so once we you know, kind of caught wind that, okay, this might be a person that they're interested in, I started just checking around. And obviously the great thing for us is we have so many great friends in the upper Midwest, you know, yes, yes. people that we've either worked with or we've gone to their schools. I mean, I was in you know, Brookings last year with, with uh, the WNIT. So I know a lot of people that work for Midco Sports Network that do all the games there for the Jackrabbits and the Coyotes. So you start to do your due diligence, as they would say, and you just, you know, start thinking, you just start hearing uh, what a great coach she was and what a great run they had at South Dakota. And my impression just from afar was that it's been South Dakota State's league forever since Aaron Johnston was there. And that's true. Still. Still. And they're in the end, they made the second right. round of the NCAA tournament. But in that six-year span, South Dakota was heard say. from. Yeah. Was heard from as well, and you know, won the league title a bunch of times. And really, it was those two, and it was nobody else close in that league. I think Western Illinois popped up one year and, and had a run, but other than that, it was South Dakota State and South Dakota. So, it, you just start looking at the numbers, you start talking to people that covered those teams, and it's an impressive hire. I mean, you can see why Mark was. Um, willing to take the chance of saying, well, I don't care if she's been at West Virginia for a year and might not want to move again. i got to give this a shot because it looks like she's checking a lot of the boxes that I'm looking for. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, and Mark talked about it earlier in this episode, but he he uh, hit, hit it head on himself in the news conference on Monday uh, where he was at Syracuse for a year and went through the similar experience. And I think that helped, uh, that, that common ground a little bit in hearing Mark talk about it, that he could explain, look, I know what you're going through. I can help you through it. Uh, I was at a place that I loved for a year, sure. but there was, you know, it's a once in a lifetime chance to get back close to family. And I think, I think if it was something else and I'm, you know, I want to give Mark credit and I don't, you know, he doesn't want to take all the credit, but I think that probably nudged it along where I think it could have been a no, but he said, Hey, I went through the same thing. I'll right. help you through this. It's okay. I'll give, you know, it happens. Right. No one can control well, the that's timing. It. You can't control it. I mean, I even say, you know, um, you talk about the previous coach, Lindsey Whalen saying, the time, the timing probably wasn't right for her to take the job, but it was open. When's at the, the time. next time it's going to yeah, happen? Yeah, it right? was open at the time, and it was something she wanted to do. And, and so sometimes you just have to take the leap, and you have to take the jump. Uh, did Mark say anything? Is, is he personally guaranteeing that the same moving truck that went out to Syracuse is not? Did he say anything about that? I it's asked not, him. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you I knew know. you would. I wanted to bring that up in the press conference on whatever day that was on Monday and say um, I did ask him if seven years later was still too soon to ask him about it. And then he went, you know, and you'll, I'm sure once we're done taping, you'll go listen I'll go to back and episode listen to 63. Yeah. But he did say that uh, he went through the story where Kristen called him from Syracuse and said, there's TV cameras in our driveway. That's terrible. Yeah. And a <laughs> so, Minnesota yeah, I think they're truck. sending uh, the, and the gopher football truck, right? Yeah. It had the Goldie on the side with the football helmet. Yeah, don't so do that. So I don't think they're going to send that truck out to West Virginia. So anyway, um, yeah, I think um, the, you, the timing— you, I'm, Am I that predictable? You knew I'd ask him about well, it. Well, we're both the same. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of yesterday when he brought up the one-year thing. I said, yeah. literally, it's the first thing I thought of was the moving <laughs> truck. That's how sick I am. So, but I, yeah, I mean, just talking, you, know, you just look at uh, her track record. What I like, Grimmer, is, from what I've heard about her, is that she's very tough, it sounds like. like so, seemed feisty, which yeah, is good. Like right? a scrappy point guard. Yeah. That she says she comes from a point guard. They've got four point guards in the family. Her husband was a point guard. He's tall, but apparently he was a guard. And then his, her two kids, the son and the daughter, were also point guards. And I kind of like that. And, I agree. And, but just looking at the numbers that kind of define her program, defensively, they were the best defensive team in the Summit League, I think, 
five of the six years she was there. They had the defensive player of the year five of the six years that they were there. Uh, forced about 18 turnovers a game, and it wasn't because they press a lot. It's just because that's what they do. They yeah. guard you, and I like that, and they also take care of the ball. You and I talked a lot this year. I mean, if there was one huge negative for Gopher women's basketball this last year, it was the turnovers just absolutely torpedoed yeah. them. When they kept it to like 13 or under, they probably were going to win or it was going to be a close game when it was up to 18, 19, 20, you know, approaching 30 in a couple of games. They ironically, won with 27 at Penn State, right? Yes, and I think 26 or 29 here in the double overtime went over Penn State, but not a not a good way to live. Yeah, hard. And, that, so, and some of that could be youth, but some of that could be what you're talking about every day, what you're valuing every day. And so I, I think we'll find out. I think it'll be a combination of the both. But it sounded, too, not to jump in, but as a former point guard, you'd, you'd figure. Now, Lindsay, of course, too, was a, a former point guard. Um, but that that would be an emphasis in, in the news conference on Monday. Uh, that Defense and, and right. taking care of the ball was, it seemed like, two of the pillars she's going to yeah. hang the hat And on. I just liked that, hey, we want to run and we want to play fast. Um, you have to get stops if you want to do that. And I love that. And in this team, I thought, also played at its best when it was getting stops and moving because they've got talented players, you know, that can that can do that in the open court. Do you think too? I think you follow it much more closely. You're around them. You travel with them. That this this foursome of freshmen, especially, um, probably need that kind of direction. I think they're eager to take it. Right. I mean, yeah, I think they want some. I think I'm not not saying that the other staff, the right. previous staff, didn't. That's not, and that's the problem you get with this because if you, sure. you talk about this and then say, oh, what do you what. This has nothing to do with anything right. other than I think that this group of young players is eager to be challenged, it seems. I think, yes. I think, yeah. I, I think that's the right way to put it. They they want to win. And I think they're willing to do the dirty work, pay so price, to speak, yeah. and pay the price. And I think they're competitive. I think that's why they stayed not even knowing who the coach was, just because they have that competitive arrogance and that chip that – we said we were doing this, like, hey, we wanted to play for Coach Whalen. It's a bummer she's not here, but, and I know Lindsay was, you know, talking to them throughout this whole thing and essentially saying, just do what you came here to do. Like, yeah. it's okay. Like, things happen. Like, I wish I was your coach, but I'm not. But that doesn't mean you guys can't. I mean, she went through the same thing where a coach left. A coach got fired, then a coach left. You can still do everything you want to do. And I think the, the, the this group, I think, is a competitive a bunch of kids that does play with an edge, and I think, I think they're going to like the way that uh, the new coaching staff pushes them. And you've been able, not through your whole time here. You know, obviously, you're from the cities. You're a basketball guy. You coached it for a while. You have some contacts, high school wise, both boys and girls, um, in terms of uh, the high school level. And I know you've reached out and heard yeah. on your own just people volunteering info. And it seems like it's it's uh, overwhelmingly like, yeah, this is this is home run kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, the 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 phrases that we talked about, the coach and I talked about on the on the show on t- on Monday was, you know. The first thing that came out was toughness. The second one that came out was preparation. Um, the third one you know, was the fact that she's a film junkie, which I always like those coaches because mm-hmm. the way she phrased it with me was, I want my players to have the answers. I think that's great. It gives you confidence when you know, right, that when you know your plan is, is solid and you've put the work in on the plan, um, that sounds good. And, yeah, I, I, I like you say, I know a lot of people and so in the, in the basketball world. And so it was nice to hear those things, kind of unsolicited, of like, here's here's what I know about her, here's what people say about her, here's what she was like here, here's what she's like to work with, here's the things that, and just even hearing from her former player at South Dakota that was written about in the Star Tribune essentially saying, like, she pushes you really hard, but 
Like, she's got your back, too. I think that's a very interesting needle to thread in 2023. Yeah. So we'll see. And high-level coaches that are good have that often, right? I sure. think of, like, an Izzo. That's a thing I watched. You know, I've watched him forever. But he's a guy that's going to get after you. Yes. But then he'll hug you. And he'll and he'll make you know that's why all those players come back and donate money and they're around there. You know what else helps with that is of course you win. win. But does the winning come from the pushing and the love and the pushing and the love and obviously recruiting high level players helps too. But and I'm not saying she's you know Tom Izzo, but you you know everyone starts from a spot. Right, right. And I just her track record too. I mean, knowing even hearing how the staff previous had talked about Kevin Borseth at Green Bay, we went yeah. over to the WNIT last year and played them in the first round and beat them. And you look up at their center and there's 50 banners. And obviously, it didn't go great at Michigan for him, but he went right back to Green Bay and started winning again. Yeah. He's and, got the great, one of the great meltdowns ever too. Yes. which I like. Well, you know me, I'm I'm for that. Yeah, I'm like I the passion. You know, and the rest were jobbing him, and he wanted people to know. Yeah, so to have it's that good. as your coach in college, which Don has, and then you spend so much time on the bench with him in a couple of different spots, yeah. um, I think that's a good mentor. And and I think you know, obviously, the success at South Dakota though is what really stands out to me because that that has been a jackrabbit type of operation really since Johnston got there. And that league, you're saying? Yes, yeah. the Summit League, and the fact that she was able to jump in there, and I want to say. After the first year she was there, because they lost a lot from either a championship team or a final team in the Summit League, the old coach went to Nebraska, where she was from, and Dawn popped in there. Uh, they had an okay year, lost, I think, the first game of the Summit League that year, didn't lose before the finals after that. Yeah. So it didn't take long for her to flip it and really make that a great rivalry. With some Minnesota kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, yeah. which those connections certainly can uh, can work for sure. Um, we, by the way, are sponsored by Affinity Plus, who guards a year associated with as well. I'm going to have you read our commercial. That's not my job. Come no, on. Just, you can just, do it. You can read it? You can do it. I'll just, you can read the commercial. I will thank Affinity Plus and Dave Larson, who I know <laughs> was a, a guest on this podcast. They donated to my wife's Boston Marathon nice. charity that, a couple of do. weeks ago. It is what they do. Yeah, yeah, it is what they do. So I appreciate, yeah, Affinity Plus is the best. They are are the sponsor, so Guardsy won't read it. But you hear him talk about Affinity <laughs> Plus all the time, so let me talk about it for a minute. Affinity Plus is your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. Meet with local employees at any of the branches statewide. There's one right near campus as well in Minneapolis. To learn more or find another way to connect, you can do this. Go to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Uh, Dave, of course, was on this podcast. Dave Larson, their CEO, a couple of weeks ago. He took the polar plunge and uh, we found out it was it was good tutage chat with him to find out what a great company and uh, how he leads. Oh, and yeah, it, it was it they're was the great. best. They've been with Special Olympics forever, too. Yeah. And obviously a great cause and great. Gopher supporters as well. Couple minutes with Justin Gard, voice of Gopher women's basketball. Does football sideline spring football practice starting this week? We'll be on the air on the twenty second with the spring broadcast. Back to the Gopher women's coach Don Plitzelwhite. Um, and the question uh, you mentioned: the South Dakota years are key. I do think sneakily the one year at West Virginia though helps a little, right? Sure. To, to get to just to have one year under your belt of high major stuff because travel's different. Competitions different, arenas are different. I don't, you know, it is what it is. Coaching's coaching, but the administrative part of it, the logistics part of right. it, to have that under your belt, 
I mean, she could have come in straight from South Dakota and probably been fine, but I do think having that, even if it's just one year at that level, can help. Yeah, probably, um, just even in the recruiting part of it. And I know she's you know had some Midwest kids committed to at least one West Virginia as well. We know what that means. We'll see if one <laughs> or two of them come here. Who knows right. if they want to come home as well. No, I agree with you. And just even being in those environments, you know, the, the different environments that you have in the Power Five where there's, you know, now, they had great environments in the Summit League. Those two particular programs, uh, you know, they always – No question. They yeah. always lead it. But just the there is a – it is different. It is different. And uh, so to do that for a year I think definitely is a positive. And just and recruiting that level of player, you know, what's that – because that on the women's side is just like the men's side. You know, you get – you get higher rated players. Sometimes there's stuff that goes along with that. You know, they might be worried about yeah. NIL more. They might be worried <laughs> about playing time more. You get, it's not always just, oh, we're excited for the opportunity in here. So I think, I think that'll help. And her staff being able to do that as well. I've heard some good things about uh, some of the rumors that the, the staff who might be coming. Um, that was good for them too. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing's there, right? And, and you're right. Maybe in the Summit League, you recruit grinders that turn into winners, and maybe at the Big Ten or the ACC, those kids get overlooked. So you recruit a different athlete, and that can change the tenor. Right. So um, it's probably a balancing act, and I think that year can help. Well, you, yeah, I'm just thinking even St. Thomas here, they, they get this great kid out of Wisconsin. He comes out and has Man, a great yeah. year, and now, now he's out. Now he's yeah. hitting the portal. So yeah. that's a, maybe you, you could you start being the hunter as yeah. opposed to the hunted on yeah. that thing too. For but sure. It's crazy. Take advantage of it. So the good news part of it, Solid hire. The crummy part of it, of course, is uh, one of the most popular players, athletes generally in Minnesota history is no longer the coach. Yeah. I know you're close to her. You've talked to her. How How is she doing? And what are your thoughts on that side of it? I mean, it's a bummer. It's too bad. Um, I think certainly their feeling was she was just starting to figure it out. You know, the recruiting class, I think, speaks for itself. Right. It's a top 10 recruiting class. I think we've seen why. I think they're talented, obviously. And so... I think there's great disappointment that they weren't able to finish that out and at least see that through for you know two years maybe as opposed to one. But as Richard Pitino once told me, <laughs> this is the business we've chosen, yeah. right? I mean, that is what it is. And um, I, the, the thing that I appreciate about Lindsay, though, is I know for a fact, you know, she was a big force in why the freshman decided to stay. To get here to start and yeah, then to obviously say, hey, to get, finish it. To get here to start was – Look, I'm going to be fine, and she's going to be fine. She's, you know, who knows if she gets into coaching at another spot, or if she does media stuff, or if she just relaxes for a minute because she's been on a hell of a ride Oof. here. You know, from when everybody learned about her in 0102 to whatever year we're in now. I mean, it's been 20 years yep. of go, 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 public face of this, public face of that. Maybe she just wants to be the kid from Hutch and you know play golf with her husband. And you know, I know she's already taken a couple of trips. Like she wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to do that, yeah. right? So. Uh, she'll be fine. I'm, I know she's bummed as because I think she, and I don't want to speak for, her, but just being around the program the last two years, I think she felt like she finally got what it was yeah. and was getting her feet underneath her, certainly with the recruiting. And I know she was excited to see what these kids are going to do, and she'll still be that way. I mean, she's still close with them, obviously. And I know, you know, in that immediate aftermath, she was a big reason why. I'm not saying you know they're doing it because of her, but they might be be doing it because of her. I don't know. Yeah. And she wasn't like, oh, go wherever you want. It was no, you guys wanted to be gophers. You still can be, and I'll still be watching you. And that's how it's going to go. So, which if you know her, that doesn't really surprise you. But yeah, it's it's a bummer because the day she was hired was obviously a day of great hope and optimism. And we even talked about this with Richard. I mean, you throw in 
the pandemic, you throw in, you know, the All transfer portal, like it's a hard deal. It's a hard thing. Um, I'm sure she'll talk at some point about where she wishes things went different that might have gotten her off on a better foot. So it wasn't such an uphill battle, you know, in years four and five, and you were starting over in year five. But um, we'll, the, the legacy will live on with these four, and we'll see where that goes for yeah. sure. And the future's bright for the program somewhat, um, a lot, because of yeah. the, that framework that she the Top 10 recruiting classes aren't yeah. just rolling around no, out right. here. And, no and that was it wasn't like uh, – Oh yeah, this this player got a random five star, so it popped up. Like yeah. it was like anybody that covers recruiting was like, "That's a hell of a class," and they're going to be a hell of a class. And and hopefully they finish what they started. And I know that's their intention. Well, it was good to chat. Good to get some insight. I think things are exciting with Gopher women's hoops. You'll have you and Lynette will have some fun calling games next year. UConn comes to the barn. Remember, that's right. Yeah, Forgot UConn. That. UConn's coming to the barn. Good challenge there for the uh, for the young uh, <laughs> ladies with uh, with UConn coming to town. Uh, you and I will be on the air April twenty second. Gopher spring game. You know, it's one of my favorite days of the year. You love will it be outside game. this year? Let's keep our fingers crossed. It is. Man, Let's we need the one year we did it in May because of COVID. Was yeah. a great day. Yeah, that was that was great. seventy degrees. We've done two 10, of the last three people. inside, right? Yeah, and in some cases we haven't even done it. Or like, it got piped. Yeah, we'll be there. All right. Well, very good. I appreciate the time as always. Uh, let's not make it so long between visits on the Go Gopher podcast, guards. See you next year, episode sixty three. My thanks to the voice of Gopher women's basketball, Justin Guard. Some great insight into the new head coach, Don Plitzewhite. Many thanks also to Gopher athletic director Mark Coyle for giving us the inside scoop on all things college basketball. The Go Gopher Podcast, Episode 63, is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. Affinity Plus is also a great Gopher supporter. They sponsor us. They're locally member-owned, full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well. We're also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and right now click the subscribe button to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to listen and free to subscribe. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week.